superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Shazam! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Lakers get eliminated tonight. A defeat for the Lakers. What do they do? What are the moves that this team needs to make, do you think? I suspect in the array of stories that come out afterwards and in the array of analysis, you're going to hear Kyle Lowry's name a lot. Today's guests, NHL on NBC analyst Eddie Olchek. Actor Patrick Wilson, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis, plus actor Dominic Monaghan. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh yeah, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live here in Los Angeles, California, home of only one basketball team still in the NBA playoffs. That's what we got going on here. My name is Rich Eisen, thus the name of the show. Uh, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? I'm uh, sitting a little higher in my seat today, Rich. Why is that? Oh, you know, baby. Why? Because the <laughs> Lakers are out? You have that, that much distaste for the Los Angeles Lakers here in Southern California? Your team is uh, in uh, a front office shakeup. The the uh, the guy who's in charge of the Celtics now has never done that before and is much better, one would think, as a coach. And now he's leaving the coaching spot, and now he's in the front office, and and uh, and is that why? Is that why you're sitting in your high up in your? Hypothetically speaking, my high, wallet's a little fatter. High t- oh, I see <laughs> what you're saying. How are you over there, Mike Del Tufo? I'm doing well, Rich. Good to see you over there. And what's going on, TJ Jefferson? Well, um, it's my mom's birthday today, Rich. Hey! So uh, I want to just start saying happy birthday, mom. Love Shout you. Out. You know, terrific. Yeah, look at that. Get that in there. Excellent. Quick, Isn't that know? wonderful? Yeah. What are you getting her? For her birthday. I sent her some stuff already. A ping pong table? Uh, <laughs> Popcorn maker? <laughs> no, nah, but had I won that, that washer dryer that was in the game previous oh, to mine, she would have right. been having that. Oh, wait a minute, you oh, sent the motorcycles. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, CJ basically told his mother, it would have been a much better birthday for you if I chose to focus instead of entertaining a nation. <laughs> <laughs> For those on the radio audience, for those in the radio audience, the look I just got from T.J. Jefferson is, it's my mother's birthday. Why are you treating that this way? Well, because I mean, I've had knows. too much coffee again. Sometimes it works oh. against you. I, I'm, I'm all for it. All right. She knows, Rich. She, she used to get those little reports on my my report card about, oh. you know, doesn't use time wisely, thinks he's the class clown. <laughs> so Needs she, improvement. Yeah. Got it. I got uh, you know what needs improvement? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, look, uh, everybody, the uh, it's it's now official. It has officially run its course, and by that I mean there are no teams from the State Farm play-in tournament left in the NBA playoffs right now. <laughs> Last one in was the uh, latest one out. Los Angeles. Oh, by the way, <laughs> the other way to look at it is there's going to be a new NBA champion. What an egg wow. that the Los Angeles Lakers laid last night. Hey, Anthony Davis may be hearing Charles Barkley talking about street clothes. 
got out of his street clothes, got in there, and wasn't even remotely close to being 100%, as we say in the business. He did give it a go, and his teammates saw it. Yeah, you could see it right away. Gave it a whirl, gave it a try, wasn't working out, four and a half minutes in, and then the roof caved in. Roof caved in. And I know all the LeBron haters out there will be saying, this is when you've got to put your team on your back. This is when you've got to do, what, the 40-point, 20-rebound, 20 assists. you gotta, you got to just go and put this team on your back and do it. Well, look, uh, maybe LeBron of 15 years ago could have done it. I don't know. But you got to face facts that this guy is not 100% himself. And guess what? All the tinkering that the Lakers did in the non-playing season, the brief one between the bubble and this year's truncated regular season that got pushed back a little bit but was still jammed up next to the previous season. Uh, No bueno. Didn't work out. All the moves that they made. Schroeder, 20-point game last night, but when it all comes down to it, who is making the big shot with LeBron? LeBron could drive the basket all he wants. Who's making the open threes? Who's doing that? Where's Danny Green? Aha. Uh-huh. You take him, won't you? And we did. I, I, I know a lot of Laker fans are like, yeah, pff, Danny Green. Who's making the big shot? It ain't, came, it ain't Kuzma. Dude, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They came out of a, a couple of timeouts when they needed a shot, and they were setting up KCP for three. That's not ideal. I mean, that's not ideal. I mean, the guy can make a shot. He can get hot. It's he's not he's not the third man in. And they needed the third man in to be the next man up next to LeBron last night. And LeBron also did not perform as well as we've seen him in playoffs. Well, LeBron just looked disinterested until the third quarter when he started actually driving to the hoop. Well, also tip the cap to the Phoenix Suns, yeah, a 50-plus win team in the regular season. Chris Paul, just when we thought, how many times in this series it was like, how, well, here we go once again. It's his moment, and he can't stay healthy. He got out there making shots. What was he uh, What was he mouthing you were lip-reading last night? Oh, ask about me. Ask about me. <laughs> ask about me. Ask about me, he, may, he said after making a big jumper. He personally made a couple plays, pushed the action, made some shots to stave off one of the handful of runs that the Lakers made last night, and they were all higher register runs. Like, hey, you know, if we can cut this to 20, hey, if we could make this a 12-point game, hey, if we could cut this to single digits, they were all higher register runs by the defending world champs last night on their home court. But he had a personal stretch. The Lakers got it to 10. Paul hits two shots. Hits a guy in the corner for three, back to 17, and that was Jake Crowder was making shots, too, and but we all know it's Devin Booker's world that we were rent-paying in last night. You got it. This kid's pretty damn special, isn't he? Uh, I will uh, talk to my uh, coordinating producer back there in the chair. Uh, Mike Hoskins, get me the Devin Booker soundbite ready after the, uh, after the game last night. Because he, and this is something Lakers are going to have to deal with. Didn't have to deal with this in the bubble. Did not have to deal with this in the bubble. And that is a young star, hungry, coming into their building and being inspired by Kobe Bryant. That wasn't the case last year in the bubble. 
But Lakers and their fans, get ready because this is going to be a regular occurrence in the same way that everybody likes to go in the garden and shut the crowd up. Everybody get ready. One stud star after another is going to come into Staples and say something like this. Honestly, I was thinking about Kobe in the, in the conversations that, that we had, you know, kind of about, you know, what we just went through, you know, the postseason um, and, and being legendary and taking the steps to get there. Um, you know, so seeing that eight and that 24 up there, you know, with the way that the lighting that Staples has right here, it feels like, you know, it's shining down on you. Um, and I know he was here tonight. I know he was here tonight. I know he's in the building. I know he was proud. That is some serious stuff right there. That's tangible. That's the tangible intangibles that you want your stars to feel. Look out. Look out, Lakers. Look out, Laker fans. There are more Devin Bookers coming, too, for a long time to come. That's an intensity you need to match. And I I think you could also chalk up to what Brian Windhorst of ESPN said on this show yesterday that uh, every team that was in the bubble last year that made a deep run in the bubble um, feels the effects. It was a significant, significant haul to go deep in the bubble last year. That said, there's only one team in the Final Four of last year's bubble still in it, and that's the team that minus Will Barton and, of course, minus Jamal Murray bounced the Portland Trailblazers on their home court last night. How about them Denver Nuggets, huh? Ooh, baby. We better start talking about them. How about the Denver Nuggets? Next up for the Suns, what a fun series that is going to be. Like old it 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 could be it could very right. well be like old ABA. Yeah. Well, just the 80s. You know, 130, 120. Yeah, exactly. The Michael Adams days. It could be it could be it could be lit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Alex English. You know, the Joker. Fat Lever. Michael Porter, <laughs> Monty Morris. Austin Rivers, you know. The Thunder Dan days. Oh, yeah, man. Here we go. Let's go. And congrats to them. The Nuggets, 126-115 winners last night. The Portland Trail Blazers are out. The Nuggets move on. The Jazz, the one seed in the playoffs, waiting to see what happens tonight in Dallas. Will Dallas make it two for two? Of one-and-done Los Angeles basketball teams. That'll be tonight. We'll see. If everything goes as we have seen, the Clippers will win because the road team has won on every single game uh, in this series. But right now, Jazz are sitting at home waiting to see who can continue to beat each other up in this series. And the Nuggets move on to take on the Suns. And the question is, what now for one of the most talented players this league features, one of the most talented players this league has featured all time. You know how I feel about Dame time. I love him. I feed off him. I feed off of what he's become. I feed off the kid from Oakland of what he's become. I love it. Can't get enough of his play. Can't get enough of his energy. Can't get enough of his, I love this town. I'm going to put this town on my back. I'm going to do it. And so it kind of crushes me to see his Instagram post last night. 
It's him leaving the arena last night and well, very nice, by the way, something I can't pull off. Is that what is that uh that's not a jean suit, right? Is it, is it velvet? It looks yeah. like velvet. Looks like sort this of is like beautiful. What yeah, is this gorgeous? Is what it is? You know, for socially acceptable. And then that's him on the left, and then on the right, him congratulating Jokic last night, and then a quote from Nipsey Hussle: "How long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meet preparation?" And all I can say is this, Damien: Don't give up. Please don't give up. Please. Turns thirty-one in July. He's got well, how much left in Portland? He's got how much? Four left? years at one hundred and seventy-six million. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's set. And I just want to say this to him: Don't give up. I totally understand why he's feeling deflated. That every year he's kind of like he shouldn't be the star player of the moral victory. He should not be that guy. He doesn't deserve that. He does no. not deserve that, but that's what he is. is he, he is, again, the higher register superstar. Like, hey, I mean, Portland, you know, might have a shot here. Like, you know, yeah. hey. He deserves you better, could, man. He deserves better than the moral victory superstar status. The guy who can make the shot from anywhere, make the shot at any time, but just can't get to the promised land. And so it is on the Portland Trailblazer organization to stare into the mirror and say, what now? What next? What can be done? And I don't like seeing all the memes on Twitter and all the phrases about what can be done to help Lillard, and the answer is trade him. That's not what the Blazers are going to do. He's not going anywhere. It would be hard to move him because the team has to absorb nearly $200 million. Understood. And but what free agent, what, what's top wants 20 to go, superstar right. is going to go, go to there. Portland? And what does Portland give up? It seems like CJ would have to go. Nurkic would have to go. And whatever draft picks and draft capital they have left, would have to go. But I don't think, is it, are those the two that you would point to? Those are the two that you need to stay there to build with him, right? It's the others around him, Well, correct? he needs a superstar. And, uh, you know, do, we love C.J. McCollum, but it's not getting it done. They're right. not going to win there as they're currently constructed. They need a big-time player. The name I heard thrown out today was Carl Anthony Towns. Is Carl Anthony Towns... And Simons, this young kid, and Willard, is that enough to compete in the West? I don't know. Well, as he pointed out, they couldn't even get out of the first round against a team that's missing two of their top three or four players in Barton and obviously Murray. Right. But how about the Nuggets? Give them some props. Well, we, that, need, to, we need to really start appreciating the Joker. I know he's going to win MVP this year, well, but how about Coach what Malone this guy's too? doing is insane. How about, how about the coach? Who said he's sick and tired of getting, he can't wait for the day where he's not going to get COVID tested in the morning every single day. The bubble this year, we saw the Lakers basically tap out last night. Yeah. We saw the Celtics not be anything remotely no. close to what they were last year. The Heat, I mean, goes from a team where I'm like, don't break them up for Giannis. <laughs> They ran out of big face coffee, Rich. That was the. Uh, they pro- certainly uh, ran out of big face. They, they, went, they to got the, the NBA finals. Last I know that. Year. I know that. And they got worked. Correct. This time around. Correct. 
Those teams had to be tired, though, right? But the the Nuggets. So the why not the Nuggets? The Nuggets are. I don't know. The high altitude. (laughs) Why can't the Nuggets beat the Suns and get to the conference finals again? And then why can't they give the Jazz all they can handle, or the Mavs or your Clippers all they can handle? Who's counting them out? I wouldn't. I just don't think that they can go the whole way without Jamal Murray, though. I mean, you need somebody who can sure. kind of match Devin Booker shot for shot. Because we've seen if, oh, sure. if, if they're shooting like that last night, Phoenix is going to the finals. Well, the Nuggets shot like that, too, for much of that series. Oh, Michael Porter Jr. might be that guy. Your guy, Austin Rivers, who you say won't do it again. Well, I mean, technically, he, he had 18, but he did. But yeah. respect, I didn't give him enough credit, so yeah. I would say I was wrong. We all need to live Austin our Rivers. lives like the confidence of Austin Rivers. Yes, we do. <laughs> I used to say back in the day, going to Clippers games years ago, that Austin Rivers, in his mind, thinks that he's Derrick Rose. Yes, the way he plays, and this is pre-injury Derrick Rose because well, that guy was unstoppable. Get ready for confidence level Friday. You kind of nailed your Clippers last time. We'll get we'll we'll do that later Ooh, on in the show. TJ. Let's go, TJ. Confidence level Friday um, also will include the um, Preakness. I mean, pardon me, the Belmont stakes. Right, with Eddie Olchek is our first guest. Let's go. By the way, the and hey, the Nuggets move on. The Avs are up two games to none on uh, the Vegas Knights. They try to go up three zero in Las Vegas tonight. Good uh, sports week. Sports week for Stan Kroenke. Eddie O is going to be chit chatty with us on this program as he's going to help us with the uh, the Belmont Stakes. Belmont Stakes. Oh, the Belmont (laughs) Stakes. Wow. <laughs> That's that one of our oldest drops. That was like six years ago. <laughs> that was at the draft, first draft in Chicago. Um, on thanks. The <laughs> the actor Patrick Wilson, who is in the latest Conjuring film, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, it's a movie. Uh, you know, it's a little frightening. It's about somebody who does not choose the middle key. <laughs> and oh, pardon me. Wait a minute. I need to read the liner notes. That's not what it's about. <laughs> You would- happy birthday to your mom. Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Jay Billis is on this program. Jay Billis is on this program. And um, do we ask him about uh, Johnny Manziel busting with the boys, saying that he was uh, signing all sorts of stuff at college after he wins the Heisman Trophy? So good luck. Good luck taking my Chick-fil-A bowl winning away from me. Fantastic. <laughs> I listened to that yesterday. Oh man! It was I mean, great. we're not planning on talking name and likeness with uh, Jay Billis, but uh, we will. We we're going to talk about Coach K's retirement. Coach K was on with DP earlier today here on NBC Sports on Peacock. The uh, actor Dominic Monaghan is in a new film called Edge of the World, which is available on digital and demand today. He's also got a podcast out, uh, the Friendship Onion podcast, with him and Billy Boyd talking about. Lord of the Rings, because you know he's in Lord of the Rings. I mean, this man's Lord of the Rings, episode nine of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Also, by the way, Lost, Lost. which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. The first season of Lost is a perfect first season of television. Perfect. Unbelievable. So he is on the show. And then uh, put it up one more time there, um, Hoskins, our guest list. Um, Frank Mosicato is up here. Get uh, to know this dude's name. Who is Frank Mos- Mosicato? 
Sounds like somebody that uh, Del Tufo cheated off on a science test back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Good old Frankie Mosicato wouldn't cover his paper. I had no idea about the physics. So, Frankie, tell me what answer number five is. I'll the match up. The paper. No, actually, no. He is a top draft prospect in Major League Baseball. He is a high school phenom, phenomenal player. We're been, we were a little conflicted about booking him. Because he is coming off of not one, not two, not three, but four straight no-hitters. And he starts tomorrow. Oh, man. And he agreed to come on. And it's freaking me out. (laughs) (laughs) I, I know. I know. It's freaking me out. So we'll talk with him and wish him luck before his start tomorrow. And if he goes and pitches a perfect game, we'll say you're welcome. And if he gives up a hit, we'll, we'll say, who are you again? What's your name? So he's from Manchester, Connecticut, East Catholic High. They begin state tournament play next week. He pitches tomorrow. During this streak, he's thrown 42 innings, 101 strikeouts. Jeez. Man. All those players he struck out are due to start for the New York Yankees tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say he could pitch. If they, hey, if they're all going for exit velocity, you can be a New York Yankee. He could pitch for the Orioles right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> so he's on his show. That's how we're rolling. When we come back, uh, apparently what Bruce Arians said on this show uh, earlier this week has made some rounds. Ooh, yeah. So we'll review that once again. Hey, if we're making news, we'll use it for our own content. We don't have to ask permission. <laughs> on this TV show, radio show, on NBC Sports on Peacock. We'll be right back with that news and so much more. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, before we jet to our commercial break, though, I do want to talk to you about the white-hot OG family of putters. I use it. You will love it as well from Odyssey. It's an old-school concept, the The uh, revolutionary insert, the famous urethane insert golfers everywhere have come to love, gives you an almost mythical combination of sound, feel, and roll. Tour players and amateur golfers alike, we all love it. I'm the amateur player in that sentence. And it's the white-hot OG line of putters have taken that reintroduction of this famous urethane insert and then redesigned completely reimagine their design with the two ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shapes to spot the more modern upgrades and fine surface milling for an ultra premium look to inspire confidence all over the ball. And that's really half the battle. Legendary then iconic. Now you've got to check out this white hot OG line of putters from Odyssey Golf. OdysseyGolf.com. Check it out at OdysseyGolf.com. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. When you look back, now to, again, next year will be the 50th anniversary of your retirement. What were you thinking at age 30 saying, I don't want to do this anymore? Oh, well, it wasn't a negative thing at all. It was, I saw too many champions go out the wrong way. Joe Lewis, mm -hmm. you know, come on, he was a tremendous champion. But to see him get knocked out of the ring and crawling through the ropes is not the greatest image you want to have of a champion like that. I always wanted to be bold and brazen, so <laughs> in order to do that, you had to finish as MVP of the league in your last year. And say, I'm going to Hollywood, I'm going to go to Hollywood and make movies? With Raquel Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I have they to can't factor that, that into my they thinking. They can't beat that, right? <laughs> she's something else, too. You mean, so there was no Raquel Welch in the National Football League, essentially, is what you're saying? No, there was no Raquel Welch in the National <laughs> The Dirty Dozen. When you hear that movie name, what do you what what's your recollections of being on the set shooting that movie, Jim? I was privileged. They had one of the greatest set, uh, cast of all times, led by Lee Marvin. Mm -hmm. I mean, Donald Sutherland, John Cassavetes. We'd go on and on and on. Ernest Borgnine, and uh, it was just a tremendous experience for me. I was the rookie guy. They could have blown me off the set, <laughs> but they took me under their wings and helped me, and I gave a decent performance because huh. of that. No, really, because of that. I mean, because of all of that. And uh, I had sense enough to recognize that if it had been other circumstances, I probably would have had a miserable uh, performance. But uh, Bob Aldrich was our director, mm -hmm. and I think Bob would probably be the only director that could handle that group. Because not only were they talented, they were crazy. Off the set, off, off set? Off set, on set. Like, is there a, a safe for work story <laughs> well, from the set? I don't know. Tell us about us would be a good one, but I think, I, and Donald Sutherland also, but I better lay back. Lee Marvin had a, a known problem, but his soon-to-be wife made sure that he got to the set on time. <laughs> <all day. laughs> and that scene where you dropping the hand grenades, just running along? Yeah, I mean, didn't make it. Well, how how many how many takes did that did one? It's a one. I had take. to hit that cement. So I you did it one shot and and then wow. hit the cement, and that meant scars. And so once you you got hurt, I didn't get hurt, but I got I was hurting. <laughs> Pardon me, I love yeah. that. There's a difference. Bruises, yeah, bruises hurt. You're not hurt. This, <laughs> what's that they say? There's a difference between being hurt and injured. Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay. Six years ago today, guys, when Jim Brown was here on this set. That's Mr. Brown, right? Mr. Brown. He signed your helmet, right? That's right my in helmet. front of you? That's a Syracuse helmet. Right there. That's the second time I've met Jim Brown. He asked me how to spell my name both times. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Chris saying. could be with a K. Right. Yeah. Right. right? Or C-R-I-S. Like no, 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 like Carter. Collins Chris Christopherson. Yeah. No, he's saying it as a positive. I'm saying it positive. Yeah. Yeah. I met Jim Brown twice. He asked me to spell my name both times. Can you spell your name? No. Okay. Very good. 
The first time. Do we have time? Well, time By the way, around our radio audience, it was six years ago today. Oh, we just show, show, saw Jim Brown um, here on this set. The first time yeah. I met Jim Brown was my freshman year of college at Syracuse. And uh, he was doing a signing outside one of the local sports bars. And uh, I waited in line. And he asked me how to spell my name because they were just signing eight by tens. Yes. And I got so flustered because Jim Brown was speaking to me. Yes. <laughs> I forgot for a split second how to spell my own name. <laughs> well, that makes two of us having been flustered by Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, we were, I think, in our first year at NFL Network, 2003. And we were going to post-tape Jim Brown. So we would do, we did total access from, I think it was at, at 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. It was an 8 o'clock Eastern time because Steve Bornstein, who helped, you know, who created NFL Network, had the idea of total access being a talk show format with news and information and some celebrity element to it, at 8 Eastern time, I mean, at, uh, at, uh, at, at 8 Eastern and then 11 o'clock Eastern time. And it would be 5 o'clock out here and 8 o'clock on the East Coast. And the reason why he, he wanted it there is because he thought that folks would enjoy a primetime talk show in the same way that he got the West Coast feeds from the East Coast at 8 o'clock Pacific of the late night shows. And he thought it would be great for 8 o'clock Eastern. So at any rate, long story short, we taped from 5 to 6, I believe, when we started. And Jim Brown couldn't make it until like 6.05 or whatever. We're going to record him for the next show, the next day. And he got there early. And came out on the set in the commercial break to ask, when are we recording? I just got here, like, what's going on? Like, I'm just here. And again, NFL Network had just started, so we had no track, or, track record of handling guests appropriately. We had right. no track record of everything's handled. Don't worry, you're here. We're, we've got everything covered. And we also didn't have a huge staff. There were like one or two people learning how to welcome and intake an in-studio guest, put them in a green room in a spot, make sure they got what they wanted. Like, we were all new at everything. So he comes out on the set, and we're like a minute or so to commercial break being over, and I've got to now do the live show. Jim Brown can't be out there. (laughs) He came out of the green room and strolled onto the set floor. I remember. To find out what's going on. And the person he walked up to to ask what was going on and when are we recording and why aren't we recording yet was me. (laughs) And I got an earpiece in and the, you know, the control room that could also see kind of all this. We were blocked from the... Because the control room was right there, was right there, right off of the set with glass that could see the floor, but they could not see me, but they could hear me in a microphone talking to Jim Brown. Like, is Jim out there? Yeah, Jim's out here right now, and I'm, and so I'm talking to them, but I need to talk to him. Yeah, and right. he's like, "Who are you talking to?" And I'm like, "Holy, you know, <laughs> say it, right?" <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> that was close, Chris. And I'm, I, I, and he, you know. 
at the time, I guess, was in his early, no, late 60s, maybe? Was this 03, 04? Yeah, yeah. 03. So he just turned 80 a couple years ago. He's he's 85. Right. Yeah. So he was in his early 70s or late, very late 60s, about to turn 70. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, at that age, Jim Brown looked like he could give you a few yeah. downs. Yeah, man. suffering yeah, yeah. no fools. And I'll just finish this, because again, this is six years ago um, today that he was on the show. I've told this story before on the show, I'll tell it again. My favorite story, I've one of, if, I, if you're like, hey Rich, in your 18 years of doing NFL Network, uh, what's one of your top five favorite stories? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, a- ask me that instead of me just setting hey, myself up. Like, yes, and you're like yeah, 18 TJ. years of working at the NFL Network. Yes. Do you have a favorite story? I've got a few. Thanks for asking. On oh, my pleasure. <laughs> uh, one of them <laughs> was before we were on the air, before we launched in November of '03. It was the 50th anniversary of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we went there. And talk about not having a track record. We had to, I, I would go up to people and they're like, you know, what's the Sports Center guy doing there? No, I've left Sports Center about, <laughs> you know, three months ago. Um, I'm not there anymore. I'm now the host of NFL Network. And the number of people that would say, what's that? What's that? What is NFL <laughs> Network? And then what are you going to talk about? And then other people in the NFL who were there would come up to me and say, yeah, we, we know you're with us now, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so what are you doing? Literally, it was insane. But what we were there for was to not only meet and greet the whole league that was there and get to know a lot of the Hall of Famers, but I was interviewing them for interviews that were put in the can and not used until the next year. When Because I was the only host on NFL Network, we aired these so we could fly to Ohio and set up shop to do our shows there. So I was creating evergreen material and the panels that I interviewed, I interviewed them in the bust room of the Hall of Fame, and we would get some Hall of Famers together and talk about, you know, we got a bunch of coaches together, we got a bunch of defensive players together. We were going to get, we got Ronnie Lott, Lawrence Taylor, and Merlin Olson together to talk about oh, wow. the hardest hitting players in the NFL and talk about hitting people hard. Lawrence Taylor didn't show, but we got Merlin Olson <laughs> and Ronnie Lott together. And I asked each of them, you know, the hardest they ever hit somebody. I don't remember Ronnie's answer. Maybe it's because it wasn't nearly as compelling as Merlin Olson. <laughs> Merlin Olson said, may he rest in peace, <laughs> that at the L.A. Coliseum, Rams versus Browns, Jim Brown there, and the Rams were like, we're going to hit this guy, and we're not going to let him beat us. We're going to beat him up. I mean, I can't wait to get him. And sure enough, the problem was is Jim never gave you a clean shot, ever is what Merlin said. But this one time, Brown is coming around the end, and he is by himself, and there are no blockers between him and Merlin Olsen. And he said he hit Jim the hardest he's ever hit anybody. <laughs> Father that. Murphy, using this these, these phrases to me, was quite something. But he said he blew up Jim Brown so hard that when he got up, he expected to see Brown's eyes rolling in the back of his skull. Instead, he got up and looked up and watched Jim Brown go 70 more yards for the touchdown. (laughs) One of my favorite stories I've ever heard. I love that story. And in terms of, you know, I'll I'll, I'll just say this. I don't know if Damian Lillard wants to act, but he's 30 years old, just like Jim. You know, 
Sorry, Portland. I don't mean to put that in his mind, but I'm just wondering, just who's a 30-year-old star? I mean, he wasn't the MVP like Jim Brown was. Right. Literally, when Jim Brown left and he told the story of how he just decided to stop because he wanted to go act, and I'm like, so, you know, is that what you just didn't want to do anymore? No. He goes, the opportunity act was there, and it was, you know, I saw the way others went out, and I saw Joe Lewis, the way he went out, and I didn't like the way some of the champions went out poorly. I wanted to go out on my own terms. And plus, he said it wasn't just acting with anybody. It was acting with Raquel Welch. <laughs> Have fun, boys. Okay, see ya. see ya. See ya. No, but uh, honestly, like, and, and that was the last time the NFL has not had an MVP, reigning MVP return to the team that he won the MVP with. That's never happened since then. And Aaron Rodgers' minicamp is next week, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes here. But... Do you know what LeBron had to say last night? Now, look. Which part? Much has been made about LeBron's legacy. Let me just say this about LeBron's legacy. LeBron's legacy is secure. He is on Mount Rushmore, period. End of story. What this guy has done, what he does, is truly a unicorn in the history of the NBA. But he'll also do stuff that will cause all of his haters to go crazy. And he did it again last night. You know, leaving the court a couple of days ago, right after the, the game uh, five loss. He left with five minutes to go. Reggie Miller said he had no problem with it. A bunch of other players said they had no problem with it. He's just going to go get treatment right away. Okay. Sure Something like that. Whatever. But he doesn't care. He does not care. It's that simple. I think he doesn't care. Oh, clearly you could he say doesn't. He, he, I mean, he, well, he, I mean, he, I th- and then he will act as if he does care, but he does stuff. I, I, I don't profess to know the guy. I shouldn't even sit here and say that. That's what, but, that's what I said earlier, though. Uh, you know, but we last feel, week he does things and says things that's kind of weird, and he doesn't need to do or say. Like last night, he didn't shake anybody's hand. I saw that too, and Anthony Davis stayed out there too. But when he wins. Man, he is sure buddy-buddy, arm around yeah. everybody. Hey, well, that was awesome. That was such and a fun time. Great you know who that sounds like? Uh, it sounds like Tom Brady when he loses doesn't shake anyone's hand, and yet nobody really – I mean, no, a few no, people, people do say that. But people not like LeBron – not, not the way LeBron gets crapped on for it. Brady does the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And we don't know if LeBron shook anyone's hand because they didn't show him until after he was walking off. I don't know who's he shook. This is true. They showed everyone else and then when they cut to LeBron, he was walking off. I was waiting for the Devin Booker hug, which came after the game, obviously. So, I mean, it's like, there are there's double standards here, man. No question. Let's let's be honest. There's double standards. Also in the same fact that this soundbite is what everybody's picked up on today. And I have no idea if his press conference was like, you know, Long season, can't wait to get back to it, whatever. You know. But sound, sound co- bites. You know, I I I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, and I this is what his last question of his press conference was asked, is he gonna play in the Olympics? Now, let me be honest here. I mean guy went to the bubble. Yeah. 
He's not 100%. I mean, what a crazy question to ask the yeah, guy. No chance. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like you're going to go to Japan. Like, are you going to now, after the bubble and the short season, and you've not, you're not 100%, you've said you might not be 100% ever again, you know, you're damn near pushing 40. You got kids who you didn't see in the bubble last year. Right. You're doing all of this stuff right now. You're getting crap for actually going to your own PR events, right? And, 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 and so how'd you like to just take two weeks off and then start ramping it up again so you can go to <laughs> Japan, you know, in the middle of this pandemic uh, where, where the, the population there is only vaccinated 4%. That sounds okay. And she, like, how'd you like to go do that, LeBron? And go live in an Olympic village? How'd you like to? I mean, what a crazy question. <laughs> yeah, crazy question. <laughs> so I want that to be set up before you hear the answer that's getting people a little crazy today. No, I think I'm gonna play for the Toon Squad this summer instead of the Olympics. Um, I think that's what I'm. That's my focus on on trying to beat the Mom Stars or the Goon Squad. We call them now. Um, so didn't have much success versus Sun. So now I am uh, gearing my attention to the Goon Squad here in July, in mid July. So let the, I'm gonna let the ankle rest for about a month, and then uh, I'm gonna gear up with, with, with uh, Lola, Taz, Granny, Bugs, um, you know, and the rest of the crew. So hopefully see y'all at the match. So that's getting picked up today because here he is eliminated. He's not a champion anymore. And would Kobe ever say anything like that? <laughs> and 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 here he is saying this, and I think proof that he's not that that he's really been about basketball is the fact that he did not know the release date off the top of his head. I'll help you out, LeBron. July sixteenth in theaters near you, Space Jam two. I'm I can't believe that. Uh, how anyone could watch that clip, see the smirk, listen to what the guy says, and still try to twist it into anything else than. It was the last uh, question, uh, by God, the way, and he's asked, you you now gonna stop, play in the, are you going to now play in the Olympics? Yeah, I'm going to blow. I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to go hang out with Pop and and then go live in an Olympic village and not promote the movie I've been working on for the last several years. I don't blame him. <laughs> First of all, he ain't living in the village. That's Oh, what is he? Come on. What, an Airbnb? Osaka Airbnb? Look, look no, I think everybody's got to live in the Olympic village. LeBron James, Rich. I don't know. <laughs> well, the Dream Team lived in a yacht. Right? Oh, that's yeah. true. That's right. My bad. You know what I mean? so. When other people in the bubble had standard issue rooms, LeBron had a suite for whatever. Like, in the whole floor. Uh, the floor. So, come Long on. story he, short, is he's going out the gate. I would use that my platform as well to say, hey. Yeah. But it just shows you how deep into basketball he was. He did not know off the top of his head when the release date was. Rich, that's what I took out of Rich, that. Can we get you... I don't care that he said that. Like, whatever. No, do you know how many people are like, <laughs> he doesn't take it seriously? Kobe would never. Kobe would be so livid. He'd be staring about, like, how just laser focused on how they're going to win and another by the way, championship. That's probably true, but they're completely different people. They are. Can we just get you in that jean jacket, no undershirt look that LeBron had, 14 chains that he had? That's um, a good look yeah, for you. Just, let me just say this, sir. Um, <laughs> America does not wish to see it. LeBron can pull it off, he looks great in it. I, however, would not. <laughs> it's like, hey, by the we way, realize this is excuse coming. Me, though, right? excuse this me. is tremendous. Let me just Can say we this. get Rich's face let on me just that? Say that? Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Everybody wishes they could just throw a jacket on oh with no God. shirt, put on the chains, and go and just chit-chat and look like LeBron James. By the way. I wouldn't even wear a jacket. In, in your late 30s. In like your that. late 30s. You didn't see me last weekend. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, <laughs> the goodness. Bruce Arians soundbite that everyone's talking about, so we might as well talk about it ourselves. 
and how that informs what may be happening next week in Green Bay. If you wouldn't mind, I would love to to role play with you, just real briefly, Gronk. Okay, where I play the role of somebody that I'm kind of familiar with, and you play the role of somebody that you're familiar with. If you don't mind, um, I'm going to play a, a guy who went to Michigan. Um, okay, who's a leader in his field. Uh, his name is Tom, and you play the role of a tight end with a Hall of Fame resume. Okay. And the time is going to be, hmm, let's go, hmm, November 1st, 2019. In the future, not too distant future. Are, are, would you mind if we quickly role play this out? All right, we got, one, we got one scene. Okay, here we go, one scene. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Chris, say action when you got it. Okay, ready? All right, guys, <laughs> ready? All right, guys ready? Yes. Action. Hey, Rob, it's Tom. How you been? Hey, Tom. Good, man. I've been doing great, man. You're... You're still killing it. You're like 42 years old now. I mean, yeah. I know you miss me, Tom. I know you do. I do. I do, Gronk. I do, man. We. It's not just me. It's it's everybody. We all miss you. And you know things are going great. You know, Bill's a pain in the ass, but it's really, you know, it's really, it's really something that could be better with you. Would you, would you think of coming back and playing with me, Rob? Oh, Tom, I mean, you know I miss you too. I miss the guys, but I'm just chilling, man. I'm I'm down in the Bahamas right now, just relaxing. I got I'm sipping my water and I got I got your electrolytes in it, Tom. So <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, baby. I got the electrolytes in the water and I'm sipping on a protein margarita, Tom. So I'm just chilling. Thank you. I love you. I miss you. But there's but I'm just relaxing, homie. There's no chance, Rob. This is Tom. This is Tom. You know, call me when you get to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Cut. <laughs> Rob, Rob, you're a natural, man. You are a oh. natural. You're a natural. That was great. That, that was so funny. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It sounded uh, that was lifelike to me. I thought that was yeah, pretty that, that was pretty good. That was good. Okay. <laughs> I love that man's giggle. Good stuff. I know there it is right there. PeacockTV.com for those streaming us right now on Peacock who want to watch us desktop. Why not? As we're all uh, slowly but surely going uh, back to work here. Ready for that, guys? People Next in the third on this campus. I don't. Man, I don't know more if that's going to happen. Back, I think. Back here, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I kind of like the available parking, to be honest. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, we're back here on a radio show as well. Hey, look, I'll be very honest. <laughs> um, I'll Google them. I, I, no, I always shoot you straight. I'll Google, I, I will Google my name every now and then to see what Whoa. people are talking about from the show. Why? I'm not going to lie. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll do it. See what this show is. I'll put in Rich Eisen show and see if what's picked up, what's not. And then sometimes everyone will be talking about it. You can't, you can't avoid it. That's the platform that we've built here right. with our friends at NBC Sports at Peacock, this Rich Eisen show radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Odyssey, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Bruce Arians came on this show the other day. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about his relationship with Tom Brady. 
Because as we all know, with the Green Bay Packers having their mandatory minicamp next week, will Aaron Rodgers show up? This is mandatory. Supposed to be there. Now, he's got the fine money sitting in the couch cushion of that Hawaii house that he was either renting, owning, or what have you. We saw all a couple weeks ago that he zoomed into Kenny Maine's final sports center from. So he can make a point if well, if he wants. Or as Florio pointed out um, in Pro Football Talk, he could do what Zeke did, which is show up to the mandatory minicamp and then pull his own version of going off to Cabo when training camp hits <laughs> until he gets what he wants. Show up, get the reps, be the good teammate. I'm here. I don't know if I'm going to be there come late Jan- uh, July. And by the way, see you in Montana. And that was one thing that uh, Arians told us that uh, we didn't know about Brady. He's not playing golf because of that knee. Sounds like that knee was... Uh-huh. So he's going to show great. it with Phil and, you know, not a lot of rounds under his belt before he goes against the scientist and the Jeopardy host, to use his phrase. <laughs> but anyway, that's for July. Uh, as for the relationship, Brady will be there at the mandatory minicamp. Next week for Tampa. That's not in question. And the relationship that Arians and this team has forged with Brady uh, is something else. It helps to win a championship. If we had asked around Thanksgiving last year how the relationship is, might not have been nearly as hunky-dory as it is right now when we're all talking about flipping Lombardi trophies from boat to boat in a parade. But it's just fascinating. Just want to know the relationship between him and the quarterback and how much he leans into Brady and gives him leeway in deciding what might be going on for the franchise. And um, here was the exchange. Did you have a chat with Tom before the draft about uh, possibly drafting somebody uh, at his position? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about the whole thing, you know, what we're, what we're thinking. And, uh, you know, he's, he's so super interested in all that stuff, too. So, I mean, yeah, we had a number of conversations. And as we got closer and closer, say, hey, check this guy out. Check this guy out. Check which guy out? Like A weapon? couple of receivers. Okay. Look at look at these receivers and see, see if there's something uh, – that you like, and, and I'll, I'll critique your ability to critique <laughs> receivers. How'd he do? He did great. Yeah, he like certain things he likes. He likes really good, big, fast guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, they drafted uh, Jalen Darden of North Texas, wide receiver. I don't know if that's one of the receivers that Brady said, hey, I'm watching film of him, but. We had Jason Light, the general manager, on before. Just a few weeks ago as well. And so we all know, again, what's going on in Green Bay, born from and made worse by whatever was going on, potentially before with Rodgers and front office management. Because whenever I, and this show tweeted out that soundbite from Arians and Brown, the response was like, well, he doesn't have a problem with his coaching staff. He even said that with Kenny Mayne. Well, the coaching staff is not by the front office giving the green light to ask Aaron, what do you think of these guys that we're about to draft? Clearly. So what about the general manager and asking Brady about his thoughts, giving Brady some sort of say who's out there to try and win with him? 
What about that? Here was what Jason Light, the general manager, had to say. What is your relationship with Brady? There's never been a conversation, well, you better get this guy or we don't want that guy. Uh, I've never talked to him about the draft. Bruce and I did mention to him leading up to the draft that we might take the quarterback. Well, I hate to sound cliche, but he trusted uh, in the plan that we wanted to bring everybody back. With any great player like Tom at that position, if we're thinking about signing uh, Gio Bernard, for example, I'll let him know, hey, thinking about signing Gio Bernard, a little push might help. He's like, I'm on it with Leonard last year. That's awesome. He'd be a great addition. I'll I'll help you out, you and Bruce out as much as I can. In terms of having a a meeting where we go over the board and talk about all of our plans, uh, that's that's just not his style. So maybe it could be news to Jason Light that Arians is texting him, what do you think about (laughs) this guy or that guy at wide receiver? And if it is, guess what? No big deal. No big deal because kudos to this team. And you could say it's kind of crazy. Kudos to them to keep Brady up to speed on who they might be drafting at quarterback. And kudos to them to actually get Tom Brady's opinions. Didn't happen in 20 years, potentially, from what everyone seems in New England. And it's clearly not happening in Green Bay. And it's not happening very much in Seattle, even though Pete Carroll said the door was open for Russell Wilson there. But kudos to... Tampa for saying, we're going to do this with Tom Brady this way because many other teams will say, well, we can't do it that way because everyone else will want to do it. Uh, except for the fact that, you know, how about you win your seventh Lombardi trophy and then you've earned that right. Good for you, Tampa. It sounds obvious, but good for you. Hour two coming up, but we're still here on Peacock. You know what I'm saying? It's just something <laughs> that they've decided to go all in on 12. Well, of course, they're going to do that. It's Tom Brady. Not of course. There's a Green Bay 12 where it appears (laughs) they're kind of dipping their toe in a little bit. They're kind of now putting their full foot in there, maybe, by getting an Amari Rogers for him. A new Randall Cobb for him. Two bad though if he's already so pissed off that he's not coming back and we're going to get some of those answers maybe next week if he doesn't show up next week does that mean he's not coming back no if he shows up next week does that mean he's coming back no because he just wants to turn that heat up he wants to cook the goose of that front office because of what we're seeing in tampa It's messing with so many other people, and you're hearing it. Honestly, Arians and Light's stories right there kind of don't match in a way that Bruce is like, I reached out to him about some wide receivers, and Jason's like, like, oh, are we telling him about what our draft board is? No. It might get in between, but if Bruce is saying, hey, we're looking at these wide receivers, Jason Light's saying to Bruce, what are you doing that for? Of course not. It's Tom Brady. Well, so many other teams, we do it a certain way here, and this is the way we're going to do it. We've done it this way for years. This is the construct in which we do it, except you need to kind of mold it towards your goat. In the same way that Belichick told the story on the set of the NFL 100 with Lawrence Taylor sitting right there of him going to Bill Parcells and saying, Lawrence Taylor was late for the meeting today, (laughs) Bill. Parcells' response to him was, well, why didn't you wait for him to start the meeting?
says Parcells to Belichick about Lawrence Taylor. (laughs) Case in point. There's a certain way we do it here. Yes, it's your system. Yes, it's your belief system. Yes, it's your culture. Yes. But do you maybe modify it for the all-time great? Yes. Bingo. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bucs are doing. You think Kyle Trask is going to ever say, well, you did it for Tom. And their answer is, yeah, we did it for Tom. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to the Bucs.